Jesus Christ came into the world to seek and to save the lost. That gives us hope. And that can give us hope for our children. I'm Dave Wood, pastor at Walnut Park Baptist Church, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Lori. In our last parenting conversation, we talked about guilt-free parenting and the word theology. Theology is the study of God. It shows us what's true about God, what he's like, and what he wants. As parents, we need to be thinking and talking theology. Yep. We want our children to be thinking, what is God like? And what does he want? And there are so many opportunities for this. Parenting involves teaching our children the Shema, the theology that the Lord our God The Lord is one, and we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and might. Amen. And today's parenting conversation focuses on a subject that's often taboo or ridiculed in our culture today. However, it's an incredibly important theological discussion to have, one that if we miss will inevitably lead to disaster for our kids. I've often watched so many over the years who have been deficient in their understanding and response to this doctrine, and almost without fail, their children have turned out to face great heartache. God's Word teaches us the theology that we are, as humans, created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So in that, we are created to be able to relate to God. Now, that's very unique. No other creation has that ability to relate to God. But we, created in the image of God, have that ability. However, along with Adam and Eve... All mankind fell into sin. We have all fallen into sin. Sin. That's the theological word we need to discuss today. Sin. The theology of sin. Again, it's not a popular concept in our secular American culture. Yet, we desperately need to know what it is and its remedy. We read in Romans 5.12... Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. And Romans 3.23 emphasizes, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. A couple of weeks ago in Sunday school, we were reminded that sin in this verse is a Greek word meaning to miss the mark. Now, it doesn't mean to just miss the bullseye by, you know, a half an inch or an inch. But it means we're not even aiming at the right thing, like aiming completely in the wrong direction. Hmm. We miss God's righteousness by a long shot. And Romans 6.23 reminds us that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our sin is bad news. 
Sin seeks to ungod God in an attempt to gain autonomy. It's bad news. Our sin separates us from God, and God, as a righteous God, must punish sin. Sin has consequences. Yet the good news is that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Paul David Tripp's book called Parenting, it's a great title for a very important book, Parenting, uh, would be a wise addition to have in your library with your parenting books. Paul David Tripp's book called Parenting. The whole book is spot on. But chapter 7, I think, really is a highlight of the whole book. It's entitled Lost. Uh, It's so helpful in how it explains sin. As a parent, you're not just dealing with bad behavior, but you're dealing with a condition that causes bad behavior. Uh, Tripp takes us to Luke 15, the chapter of lost things. And he says, lost is one of those words that carries with it a variety of meanings. Lost can mean displaced. Lost can mean dead. Lost can mean defeated. And lost can mean confused. In the part of the chapter discussing Luke 15 and the lost sheep, Tripp points out three realities. Number one, sheep need a shepherd. Number two, sheep are prone to wander. And third, Sheep who wander desperately need a rescuer because they cannot rescue themselves. Now, think about that as that relates to your children. Isn't it true? Your, your children desperately need you to, to shepherd them, and they need God to be their good shepherd. They're prone to wander. wander. They just, it's, just a, it's going to happen, and they desperately need a rescuer. And isn't it good that God promises that? And I'm so thankful that as parents and grandparents, we can enter into that. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, um, years ago, we came across an excellent tool that was helpful in our parenting. It was called the ABC Memory Book. Our hope was that by the time our children had memorized a verse from the Bible for each letter of the alphabet, that they would have a clear comprehension, even as a small child, of the truth of the gospel. They would begin to see what sin was. So sometime around the age of three, we started the process of memorizing those verses. I remember the very first verse. The A verse was, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Isaiah 53, 6. That verse helped lay the foundation that we're prone to sin and sin leaves us in a place where we desperately need God's rescue. Do your children know what sin is? I think if you have a conversation with them, they probably do. And they probably get the concept, even though they may not be talking about it. Uh, you know, has your child ever tried to hide from you when they knew they had done wrong? <laughs> yeah, probably so. I think it's Sally Lloyd-Jones, the author of the Jesus Story book Bible, 
who shared about how she explains sin to children. She said it's like a child running away and hiding from their parent and thinking that that will make them happy if they can just hide. And maybe they can hide and be happy without God. But just like the parent knows where that child is, God knows where that child is. Hmm. And there's no such thing as being able to hide from God. Yeah. Like sheep, we think we can run away and hide. But it only leads to to danger. danger. (laughs) We do this all the time, thinking thoughts, almost as though we think God doesn't know what they are. But we can't even hide those from him. Mm. In Awana Cubbies, we teach our preschoolers that sin is anything you think, say, or do that displeases God. That's something any three-year-old can understand. They know when they disobey. I heard it changed a little, and I love the addition. Sin is anything I think, say, do, or want Hmm. that displeases God. That adds a lot. If you haven't already done this, teaching your children this definition of sin is a great place to start. Memorize what sin is. And then help them learn applications in everyday life. So you're saying a good simple definition for sin would be anything I think, say, do, or want that displeases God. Right. Hmm. Isn't it amazing how our kids have this built-in propensity to want their own way and want to be in control of whoever's around? We all want that. That's part of our sin nature. We want our own autonomy and we want our own authority. Hmm. We want to have what we want and we want to tell other people yeah. how it's going to be. Yeah. So it's critically important that we teach our children to be able to identify their own sin. That's why I think a simple definition uh, like this, uh, anything we think, say, do, or want that displeases God, I think that's a really important identification. And it's also important that we teach them the answer to their sin problem, not just to know what it is, but what is the answer. And really the whole point of the Old Testament, the Scriptures, was to point out to the children of Israel and to all mankind, for that matter, that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves. None of us can keep the whole law. Not a one of us can keep the Ten Commandments. Yet the Old Testament also illustrated in a beautiful way the hope they could have in turning to the coming Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And they were looking for that Lamb of God who would do just that. And the Old Testament reveals that this Lamb of God would be a suffering Savior, a suffering Savior who would pay the price for the sin of each one and offer everlasting life. Our children need to know Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes. I have really enjoyed... um, reading Paul David Tripp's book, Parenting. And in chapter 14, he lists what lost children need. We thought we'd take a minute to share this. First of all, lost children need insight. He writes, the problem with lost children is that they don't see themselves as lost. And because they don't, They don't understand how much they need your 
parenting care. So our children need not just be told what to do, but they also need to be enabled to see. We need to look for ways to help them to understand the condition of danger that causes their behavior to be disruptive. Second, lost children need compassion. Again, he states, it doesn't make sense to get mad at somebody who's lost. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense to make it a matter of personal offense against you. It doesn't make it make any sense to condemn a lost person with words or throw a punishment at them and walk away. Lost people need understanding and compassion. Hmm. Lost children don't need parents who are irritated by their lost news, but rather who mourn it and long for them to be found. Hmm. Our children need insight and, oh, they, they need compassion, not another guilt trip. I like that. And third in that list in Tripp's book, he lists as a need of our lost children. Lost children need hope. Mm. He writes, as our children begin to admit the condition that they are in and as they begin to own the danger that they are to themselves, what they need to be assured of is that help is available. Mm. They need to know that not only are we not their adversaries, we are their allies. Mom and dad, they're allies. They need to know that God sent his son to earth so that when they begin to confess their need and cry out for help, they will have just the help that they need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need hope. And fourth, they need uh, rescue. Mm-hmm. Lost children need rescue. He says this in that chapter, the only hope for a lost child is a radical transformation of his heart. As parents, we have no ability to change our children's hearts, but the Heavenly Father does. And we, as parents, we are His tools in the lives of our children. So we don't settle for the announcement of rules, the threat of punishment, and the enforcement of consequences. That's not all what we settle for. We are looking for every opportunity to address heart issues in our children, praying for them. God will work the change in them that only he can accomplish. Mm. That's what we pray. Uh, This is what we've observed over the years. When a child comes face to face with his own sin, there's a longing to get an answer. Uh, We observed this even recently in our soccer camp we had here at Walnut Park. I think it was a first grader that was in a conversation with one of uh, the coaches, the first grader's coach, was talking about this this need because they realized that they were a sinner and they they needed they needed a rescue and so they were asking question that child will begin to ask really heart probing mm-hmm. questions they're mm-hmm. great at asking asking these questions and those questions reveal what is going on in that child's heart yeah. that's a, that's a big clue that there's a work of god going on because they're asking these questions and the godly parent has a wonderful opportunity to point that child to the rescuer jesus christ the mm-hmm. savior another thing we've also seen that there's value in showing a child how to pray out loud themselves to jesus Encourage your children to pray out loud. Often we've heard our kids praying in the past, and, and they'd, they'd pray what they heard us pray for them. 
and they'd pray, and Lord, help me to understand the gospel and be <laughs> saved at an early age. And it was fun listening to that prayer and then watching how God answered that prayer. But when they recognize that there's a, a need for rescue, there's a longing mm. for, for that mm. rescue, and they start praying for that. Absolutely. Pray out loud with your children for them to be saved right. at an early age, for God to use them to be men and women of God. Pray that with your children. The last point in Tripp's book about what lost children need is they need wisdom. In our children's lostness, they will think things that they should not think. They'll desire things they should not desire, and they'll be pulled by dangerous emotions and seductive temptations. And if they don't learn when and how to say no, they will end up living as they were never intended to live. As parents, we need to help them learn. That's knowledge. And then help them learn to apply what they know. That's wisdom. And there, there are so many opportunities each day, even as a grandparent, but especially parents. I remember just recently, one of my grandchildren was um, just like being very rude in <laughs> how she treated her brother and how she was speaking to her brother. And so I started to ask questions. Are you being kind to your brother? No. Well, when you're not kind to your brother, what is that? Pause. Sin. Yeah, remember sin is anything I think, say, do, or want that displeases God. Do you remember the verse we've talked about before? Be kind to one another. So when we're not kind, what is it? Sin. <laughs> well, you know what? You need to know that nanny sins too. We're never going to be perfect. But when Jesus comes into our hearts, we want to please Jesus. So how do you think you could talk to your brother in a kind way about what's going on? And she proceeded to change the way she talked to her little brother. We need to live this out with our children constantly, hmm. talking, praying, admitting our own sin. As you teach your children these things, don't be surprised if there comes a day when they say, Mommy, you didn't speak very <laughs> kindly to Daddy. They get it. Yep. Because of the problem of sin, our children are born with a nature bent on foolishness. Wisdom needs to be taught. That's the message of the book of Proverbs 
that we've been studying in our church, Walnut Park. And wisdom is not something they'll find in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, our world is is bent on foolishness, but we have the Word of God, and and yeah. we have we have this perfect picture in Jesus Christ of what wisdom is, and and we can speak of Christ often. Um, so this is an excellent list that, that we've gone through. Uh, Trips book is very helpful in this way. Lost children need parents to shepherd them with insight, with compassion, with hope, with direction to the rescuer, who is Jesus, and discipleship in wisdom, day-to-day application of, of using the Word of God in, in turning from sin and, and in love obeying Christ. Um, so, the theology that the Bible, God's Word, teaches us first about sin is that we are desperately wicked. But it also teaches us that God has the perfect answer to our sin problem. And that answer is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We love the gospel yes. song. I promise mm-hmm. I won't sing it for you. <laughs> but here are the words. And um, your children can actually memorize this song very quickly. And the more they sing it, the better, because it it speaks the gospel to them again and again. The words are, Holy God in love became perfect man to bear my blame. On the cross he took my sin. By his death I live again. Let's do that again. Holy God in love became perfect man to bear my blame. On the cross he took my sin. By his death I live again. Let's be consistently diligent to help our children see the reality of their sinful hearts and how desperately dangerous sin is. But don't stop there. Point them to Jesus, the one who on the cross took their sin. By his death, burial, and resurrection, they can discover what it means to be born again. And by the way, those ABC memory books are still available. And one of our daughters discovered that they now have the verses set to song. One of my favorite things about the songs is before they sing the verse, they explain what it means. So as my grandchildren hear it playing, they, the verse is explained with two little sentences, and then they sing the song, and they memorize the verses so well that way. In the sessions yet to come, we'll, we hope to make a big deal about several things. We'll talk about the influence of a joyful atmosphere at a, in our home. I think if there's one thing I wish we could have, I could have done better is to, to, to help create that home atmosphere that was, was happy. It was an exciting place to be. It's where you wanted to be, a joyful atmosphere at home. We'll go, we'll go into that one and, and what a strength that can be to your, to your parenting opportunities. We'll talk more about God's grace and the gospel and how obedience fits into God's grace and our understanding of the gospel. And we'll talk about listening, really listening, and how 
prayer is a part of learning to listen and be able to know that God listens. We'll talk about age appropriateness and, and how we need to be so careful in managing age appropriateness, what our children are really ready for in this current culture that is so so wicked in so many ways. There's, there's a right way to talk about what's going on in our world and what they're ready to be able to handle. So we'll address that as well. However, in, in all that discussion, we need to keep this in mind, uh, what we've talked about today. Your child, just like you, is a sinner, desperately needing the intervention of an almighty God to save. And God can do that, and he will. He promises that whoever comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. When you carefully guide your child to understand the the destructiveness of his sin or her sin, you prepare and open the way for them to seek the one who has the answer to their sin problem. And the one who has the answer is Jesus.